Marketing Branch. Hey, John. Thanks for joining me today on the Acton Brunch. Uh, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah, no problem at all. It's, uh, it's always a pleasure to be asked to, to this sort of thing. And uh, yeah, and no, I'm doing doing well and I'm ticking along nicely. It's nice to have the world waking up a little bit. Yeah, definitely, man. Fantastic. So I've been really looking forward to uh, to chatting to you because we've met on probably a handful of occasions, but we've never really had to have a good conversation. And it's I think it's through social media because we're connected on that. You sort of see everyone, how everyone's getting on. You feel like you know them more than you do. But I've yeah, loved yeah. seeing, because um, I've loved, I love looking at people's successes and I've noticed that, you've been doing some really cool stuff of late and probably in the last just before the pandemic and also especially now and I just really wanted to, to chat to you about that because you've got some really cool credits such as uh, I want to name reel off a couple of tv ones off your cv such it's, it's as better uh, if you if you, it's better if you drop if you name drop rather than yeah do. I'll do your name dropping for <laughs> you like so, but uh things uh gentleman jack victoria last tango and halifax holly oaks the other one, Brassic, and I know recently you've been filming on Coronation Street as well. So um, I love that. And I love um, the fact that I know you're somebody who works and grafts hard for your own opportunities as well. You're not someone who sits and waits by the phone for things to happen. So just really wanted to speak about your, sort of, your, your process and that. Um, but yeah, gonna, you're, you, to set the table, you're an actor, you're a filmmaker director writer yourself and um mm -hmm. and a qualified lawyer which uh i always like to temper that because like my practice okay. certificate has definitely expired so i am an ex-qualified lawyer <laughs> I, so uh so yeah no one no one come to me for legal advice because it will not be official <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, so just uh, I want to start off with just cliche uh, question for you um, regarding your journey in acting. Is, you, is acting something you've done since you were young or is it something you came into late in life? Because I do know that you did switch from careers, but was acting something that you went into or was it something from before then? Um, I've always loved it. Um, I, I could tell you almost probably the moment that I loved, I, I kind of fell in love with it. I'd, I'd always been, I'd always enjoyed watching films growing up and, and stuff mm -hmm. with my family. Um, my, some of my earliest memories are watching the, um, the 1968, I think it is, version of Oliver with an exclamation mark. So yeah, Oliver you were the next from, yeah. 1968. So it's the Lionel <laughs> the Bar uh, uh, musical version with, um, a, not Adrian Lester, he's, it, he's from Hustle. Mark Lester. Lester. Mark Lester, yeah, Mark Lester. I think it's Mark Lester. And, um, <laughs> yeah. and Oliver Reed playing Bill Sykes. And, um, and I used to watch that on VHS with my, with my family, like every year at Christmas, we used to sit and we used to know all the songs off by heart and everything. And, yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden I was, I remember when I was 10 years old, I went to see the big school, the school I was at at primary, the big school always put on big school plays. Yeah. And I went to see, uh, they put on Oliver and I was like, oh my God, I've got to yeah. go and see this. Uh, and I went and I just sat there like, like starry eyed little kid in like my knee high socks and my shorts. <laughs> watching this uh watching this production and i was that enthralled by it um that i ended up i went backstage and i say backstage i went to like the corridor behind where they put the play on uh. um and i remember as a 10 year old lad i went and got the autograph of the guy who played fagan okay bear in, mind, bear in mind this is some sixth former at school, yeah. school play and I'm there like, hey, mate, can I have your autograph? Um, and it was a guy <laughs> called Tom Burgess. It was lovely. But um, it, like, I absolutely, from that minute, I couldn't wait to get to, to, to the big school yeah. Yeah. and get in the plays myself. And I did school plays yeah. every year at secondary school. Um, ended up uh, directing as well in my, in my sixth, sixth form because no teachers had the time to really run the play. So we took it on a few students. Yeah. yeah. Um, did a lot at uni. And then... It was only after uni that I completely dropped it for five years, didn't do a single thing. 
because I was off getting a proper job. Um, Qualifying as a lawyer, passing all my exams and starting work. But then I just came back into it on very randomly. There was a mate of mine from uni who I was in a couple of plays with um, who had his own little mini production company, worked in TV. And he says, hi, mate, are you still in Manchester? I was like, yeah. And he goes, are you still an actor? I was like, no, I'm a lawyer now and it's great. Um, so it was like, because I've written this short film and I think you'd be good for the lead. So I was like, all right then. Um, so I said yes. And I spent four days with him filming this, this short film, which to date is one of my most horrendous performances I've ever seen on screen. But that kind of, it, it woke it up again because my yeah. day job was so miserable. I just, I was, I hated it. Um, and all of a sudden I went, started going to act for TV and in, in, well, started act for Tribe in Nutsford. Then I went to act for TV in Manchester, then MAP. And then it just kind of all started. Yeah. It, I realized at the age of like, well, 29 was when I quit my job. Um, yeah. And yeah, that it was all I've ever wanted to do. So that's kind of the, the short and long version of the story. Mm. Yeah, no, sense. that's amazing though. And I think, I think, as you said, once you started doing those classes again and things and you're getting into it, it's like thinking, can I, you know, the, the path you you taken with your daytime job or your civilian job, as we have to call it, mm. but but really when you've done that and you realise it's not what you want to do, you know, your passions with acting and mm. you, when you when you when you took the leap to quit your job, was it was it obviously it's a hard decision to make because especially when you're trying to balance between being a, an actor and you know and, and mm. start your journey. What was what was um, the defining moment for you that made you go right? I'm done. I'm I'm quitting. I'm going to go all, all, all steam ahead. Yeah. Well, I've, I've, I've literally told the story a million times, but it's, I won't give you the full, the full version because um, <laughs> it's boring for non-lawyers. But, um, <laughs> but basically, I just, I just had there was this epiphany moment. And people always say, like, were you scared? Was it terrifying for you when you took the leap? And I was like, genuinely, no. Just because I had this moment where things had been really, really tough at work for a while, really tough. And I was working every hour that God sent I was working weekends through my lunches late at night yeah <laughs> and um there just came a, a moment where something went wrong on one of my files um that I was running on behalf of the partner that I was working for mm. and uh, as a result of that I got like pulled into a meeting with my the partner I work for as well as the overall department supervisor and I just basically long story short in that meeting uh the partner I'd been working with had been saying for months that our team and our department was overworked. We had far too much work. We had to stop saying yes to work coming into the department because we couldn't we couldn't balance it all. Mm. It had never stopped. More work was coming every single week. And I, at my experience level, was struggling. Mm. I don't mind admitting that. Um, so it was a case of not if, but when something was going to go wrong. So something got wrong in this case. And I kind of, in this meeting, there was just the three of us. And I expected my boss, who I got on very well with, to kind of have my back a little bit. And, and, and he, although something had gone wrong, just he'd been saying for months that we're under the cosh, we're going to start saying no to work. And he basically threw me under the bus. And, and I walked out of that meeting. It was a Thursday afternoon. And you talk about fear or you talk about, it was quite a calm decision. I walked out of that meeting and I was just like, yeah, I'm done. Yeah. This is, I'm done. Wow. Um, and I decided that, so I went into work the following day and I went into work on a Monday because I decided I was not going to quit my job until I'd told my mum and dad. So uh, yeah, so yeah. I went over for dinner with them on the Monday night after work. 
took me hours at their house. I couldn't tell them right away. I went, yeah. for, a I went for a run. I like had like I had like almost a whole bottle of wine drinking with them. I had like uh, like main course dessert, and I'm sitting yeah. and I'm like John, just Pop tell them. Just tell yeah. Them. And then I just told them, and uh, and they even kind of they even said to me they were just like you know what John you've I expected them to be a bit obviously worried, but I thought they might be a bit angry, might be a bit, but they were just like you know what you seem pretty sure this time John, and I went yeah. Yeah, um, amazing. And that was it. Handed my notice in the following day, and the rest is history. Yeah, it must have felt very liberating, you know. Yeah. Oh, when you did that one, it was because they actually because I handed my notice in, and then um, and then there was all panic stations thinking what we're going to do and all this, <laughs> and the same department supervisor who was in the meeting that I'd had, um, came over and all of a sudden she's all smiles and and oh oh John yeah oh it was, we we're so saddened to hear all this and I'm like be quiet. Um, <laughs> And then they basically, they gave me two weeks off, two weeks paid leave just to go off and just get my head together and decide whether it's really what I wanted before they put anything in place. And I can honestly say that for not one second of that two week period, did I consider withdrawing that notice? Yeah. Because I, I just started thinking, what should I do with my life? What do I enjoy? This is like... Yeah. I knew I was so comfortable with the decision that I had to just let it play out. Yeah, fantastic. That's a that's great. That man, it's good. It's great because like a lot of people can relate to being in situations and careers they don't want to be in, you know. And, and yeah, uh, I love the way you've done that. It's so cool. But so when so once you've you you've quit now, um, or quit, you've left that that industry. You got you know, be pushing forward your acting. What was your initial sort of months and hustle like at the start? You know that uh, did you have an agent at that time, or was that something you needed to get? Was you just doing classes? Was you getting involved in projects? You know what was going yeah. on. Yeah, I, I, I think it can. I, I think it'd be remiss of me to not say that I kind of landed on my feet very luckily in those first couple of months, <clears throat> because I am. Um, I had a housemate at the time, in my flat who happened to be. Um, the son of someone who owns an agency in Manchester and has done wow, for years and years, okay. and years. So, so not only did I, so, so I basically, the more I remember the 5th of September, Monday, the 5th of September, 2016, I was sat on my sofa, like in mid shorts and just like, right, shall I go for the dole yet? Or no, what should I do with my life? <laughs> and I, um, and I remember he came home like that night, I think it was, and says, Oh, what are you doing tomorrow? I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> and, it, and he was like, uh, well, because we've just had someone let us down in the office. Do you want to come in and help out? And I was like, well, I've not got anything else to do. So I ended up working at that agency for three days a week for a year. Um, but the good thing was, was that I obviously, the, the, the main agent at that agency sat two seats away from me and I was there all day, every day, listening to breakdowns, conversations, yeah, seeing audition yeah, tapes yeah. and all that. Um, so I'd been unemployed for one day before I, I then headed back in, in working for the agency. Um, and then about a month later, I, I kind of had the conversation says, oh, well, well I'm an actor as well. Do you, fancy, um, do you fancy taking me on? And I can't remember if I auditioned. I think I did audition. I already had some showreel stuff on, on, on tap. Yeah. So got taken on. And then, and then that was that. I think my, my, I had my first professional credit in the November, which was two months after I quit, because there mm. was a, an Arts Council funded play at 53.2. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, which was 
phenomenal and I got cast in that and, and wow. that, yeah that took up my first month I think I had of rehearsals and performances so yeah and it wow. paid that's amazing, eh? I love 53 to I must say as well, because I know they've just uh, reopened again, haven't they, in Manchester, which is great. Yeah, I've, which, I've which not yet had a chance to get down to the new space. I mean, obviously, I've seen it all over socials, and yeah, I, yeah. I can't wait to get down because it's, like, considering my journey, if you want to put it like that, but yeah, yeah. my journey and path into, like, 53-2 and Simon and Alex and Matt are fundamental to, to, yeah. to my journey and in those early months and years I ended up working behind the bar for them for a year or whatever amazing um so so yeah I'm looking I'm, I'm just I'm glad that they're back because yeah it, it's good to come out of a pandemic and know that 53 is back as well yeah 100 percent. it's so good yeah. I'm, I mean I can't wait to get down there myself I haven't I've been away so I haven't been had a chance to uh to get down there the past the past week but I'm looking forward to getting down there but, uh, yeah, that's yeah, great yeah. so did you yeah you were doing plays um when terms of like your first tv credit what was your first sort of big credit for yourself because that must have been mm-hmm. you must be you know the thrill of that must have been incredible um, well yeah it was it was amazing so I did um so luckily again it was the it was seven months I've been going seven months when I got my first lines on tv yeah. um and the it happened in a bit of a roundabout way I think someone was I'm not I'm not a religious guy but someone was looking at me because um the agency I was working at in the day they dealt with all the extras and supporting artists for Victoria okay and they they came hang on what happened so I think my then agent said to me like oh yeah John would you be there's a couple of roles here that are like what I didn't really know at the time but was a walk on a walk on three or something walk on two walk on three Mm -hmm. um with like one line would you be interested and this was my agent saying to me, like, would you be interested as if I was some sort of diva who was going to say, oh, no, if unless I'm the lead, I really don't care. I was like, I was like, give me, I don't care what I'm doing. If you put me on a TV set, I'm pretty much bite your hand off. Yeah. So I am. Um, so luckily they, they had they, they had for Victoria, because obviously it's a period drama. They want to be historically accurate. Um, and they had a painting of the then Speaker of the House of Commons in Queen Victoria's reign. Yeah. And I quite looked like him. <laughs> no way. So they so they had this painting of this speaker and they I got the role as a walk on three essentially because I, they put me in a wig and a robe and I'm done. It's so Brilliant. so all of a sudden like a, a week later I'm I'm on set and it was um I'll never forget my first ever lines on TV was just me sat there going order 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 I think it was or was it so basically, I did I did a day just in Ripon Cathedral with two hundred extras, all the big crew, sat on my throne in the House of Commons, um, yelling "Order, order, order!" about two hundred, five hundred times, yeah. and it was amazing. And then the following day, I was in the office, and um, they said, "Oh, would John be willing to do a a self tape for the same character in a couple of weeks' time?" And I was like, "Yeah." Um, <laughs> so. So I obviously got the part because I'd already been in the show then as the speaker. Mm. So one day I was sitting on the extras bus and and with all with 200 extras and just like saying one line. Two weeks later, I was credited cast member with my own trailer and I had seven lines and a close up at the end of the day. Amazing. So and I was like in the car with the, the, the leads getting taken from the hotel, this five star hotel in York and all this stuff. And it was it was a little bit weird, but the the, the one of the main reasons I also remember that my so the my main big lines on TV that's six seven lines 
the night before. So I was like, I had to be up at like four or five in the morning. Um, um, so I was, I was getting all the stuff ready. I was going to go to bed at like 10 o'clock. I remember I was in bed at 10 and I'm just putting my head down and my phone starts going mad. And I'm like, oh, come on. I, I'm up at like four or five. And all my mates were talking about the fact that there was some sort of stuff going on at the MEN arena in Manchester. Oh, right. I'm following you. Yeah. And, and I was, and people thought, oh, they think it's a balloon. They think something. And, and so all of a sudden, I mean, I adore my home city. I, I love yeah. where I've grown up. I've born and raised here. And so when all that was kind of kicking off and I was chatting to them and we, I just, so I ended up going back downstairs. I was in the lounge watching Sky News. Yeah. Till about one, two in the morning, watching all that news come in, just horrified. And then, and then I got like a couple of hours kip. And I remember driving to Ripon to do my first lines on TV, feeling very eerie. And like there was obviously yeah. the news, the radio was talking all about the stories coming in. Yeah. And, and it was actually, it was actually quite nice in a weird way that no one I knew or, or was related to were affected. So, so. Yeah like touch wood I was okay but the um it was just something very it was kind of quite a nice escapist go off and of course yeah be in Victorian period drama for the day and yeah. just so then and when I drove back um I remember driving down the motorway and there was they had all the I heart MCR oh, signs yeah. up above the motorway and then I went to the the vigil in Albert Square and that was my day mm, so yeah, it was it's... Wow, a bit, of a, strange, a bit of a strange day, my first line on TV. Yeah, very strange. Um, yeah, because that's, that's hard. Just thinking about that, how heartbreaking all that was. And yeah, just mm. you, you probably, it just helped you having that little bit of time just to yeah. initially just to from just away from, from that. that. But yeah. You see, you weren't, you weren't expecting that sort of story when you asked me certainly that question. Certainly wasn't, certainly wasn't. <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah, so shall I tell a but joke yeah. now? Yeah, joke? let's go straight on to a joke. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's, so f- moving on from there, like obviously it's, it's I think when you're it's building TV credits up is always important to then help you, you know, to get to the next one. Did you start to get um, more auditions coming through then? Did more opportunities start coming your way? Did you find or was it just... Absolutely not. Yeah, nothing happened. Like it's the, I think the big, um, and again, I, I can't fully remember what order everything came in. So yeah. I can't remember what my next, I think it might have been Emmerdale after that, but I can't really remember. Mm. But the, the there's this there's this misconception, I think, that people need to, and look, I, I, I never want to sit on social media and tell people how to do their careers. That's never mm. been my vibe. Um, I can tell you what worked for me, yeah. but it could work a million different ways. But I just think it, it's there's a misconception out there that as soon as you've done TV, it's like the gateway to all the rest of your yeah. TV. That is absolute rubbish. Doesn't happen. Like <laughs> there is a billion people getting TV jobs every day and all hustling at the same time. And if you think because you've done a line on Corey that all of a sudden Hollywood is going to come knocking, yeah. you are <laughs> sadly mistaken. Absolutely. You're in for a very rude awakening. Mm. Um, so. So yeah, it was it it wasn't it was just basically right. I've done that. That's made me think this would be really cool to do for a living. I want to keep doing this. Yeah. And then it was just keep on working mm. and keep on networking and hustling and see what I can get. Yeah, absolutely. You said once you get that, once once the job's done, and it's it's lovely when people say, "Oh, you're going to be, you know, we're going to see that you're on TV." And so if you're thinking as an actor, we're thinking we're just thinking of the next job straight away, and that's how you've yeah. got to be, and the next up, you know, whatever you've got to do to to create opportunities and stuff. So. Yeah. There was, there was actually there was there was a piece of advice that I was given when I was first starting out, which was from a, a very good friend of mine who I won't name drop, but he knows who he is. Cool. But he's um he 
he basically said to me, he says, John, what you've always got to be thinking about when you're acting, you've got to think about your pipeline. Yeah. So it's, you, you're not thinking about, you are focusing on the job you're on, obviously you're doing your job, but you can't be so lost in it that it's basically all that's going on. Yeah. You've got to be thinking about what you're doing after that and after that and after that. It's, yeah. You've got to think, what have I got scattered around the next few months? What am I working towards yeah. over the Absolutely. next few months? You can't really just lose yourself too much mm. because you've always got to be thinking that what's the next thing? What's the next thing after that? 100%. No, that's great advice, that, actually. And for you, did you start to... Because uh, I know you, you've... Uh, regarding you i'm really interested in the writing side and and the fact you've you have you written i know you you again at the moment in writing short films etc but you've mm. done theater as well i believe you written some theater yeah, pieces so I wrote, too i wrote two full-length plays um mm. so i basically did when did i start writing that it was basically why <laughs> yeah what so while i was working at the agency mm. um I, I just like obviously I'd worked in a legal office for for six eight years like I mean yeah. talk about dry like I mean <laughs> with no with no disrespect to them I mean you go from a legal office to an acting and modeling agency yeah. <laughs> these different are, yeah. these, are, these are slightly different worlds and I was just fascinated by everything that was going on all the people that were coming in, in and out of the doors the stories that you were hearing yeah. so what I initially that was it. What I initially did, this is a trip down memory lane for me. I've forgotten half of this has happened. Okay. So what I originally did, I went to a few acting classes, paid acting classes here, there and everywhere. And I got to the stage where I was like, okay, great. I just kind of semi feel that I'm just, I'm just paying money here. Just, and it's just, it's almost routine. This is why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. And I started to think, look, I just want to keep acting, keep my muscles going and keep working. So I reached out to about five or six of my close acting friends who I knew and I trusted. And I says, look, we're not going to pay for tutors or people to tell us how to act and all this stuff. What we're going to do is we're going to club together and spend a couple of pounds a week, not 25, 30 pounds a week. Mm. We're going to spend a couple of pounds a week on renting a room. Mm. And we're going to meet once a week. And every single week, people have to bring a script for two men, two women and a man and a woman any genre from theater, film, or TV. We're going to all get in a room together and we're basically, I'll just, I'll just oversee it, like logistically manage it. Yeah. And then we'll get in and we'll, we'll just get up. We'll give people feedback on things. We'll keep our muscles fresh and keep going. Yeah, yeah. So we started doing that. Um, and we did that for a couple of months, I think. And then my brain started ticking and I was like, I really started to enjoy it that much that I was like, should we, should we put a play? Should we put a play on? That'd be yeah. kind of fun, wouldn't it? <laughs> so then I was like I was thinking what could I do and it was all those stories that were coming through from the agency and everything and that just thought well I'm living that life at the moment so that'd be quite fun mm. so I just started writing a play and and I'd take like 20 pages into class if you want to call it class every week and we'd um we'd give it a few reads and we'd see does this work does this not work and also it was a comedy mm. um and then I put it on. I put it on stage the following year um, in the pod at fifty three two. So the smaller space, I think, it was fifty seaters. Oh yeah. Um, so it was in. It wasn't in the official fringe, but it was in the July program at fifty three two, and uh, and we had an absolute blast. Yeah. Um, and it was just. It was. It was just really like it was just anecdotal, quirky nonsense, um, just following a bunch of crazy acting agents and actors. Yeah. Great. Yeah. That's but, brilliant. But we had, I ended up because we did so because I hadn't put it in the official fringe. 
So what I did was I stepped away from it and I actually tweaked the entire script um, and put it in the official fringe the following year. And, I, and we put it on at the King's Arms as, mm. a, as part of the actual fringe, changed a couple of the cast okay. and reworked it and put it on again. Um, and we had another three top nights. Amazing. That's so good. I love the way how it started as well. And the ideas you said getting together with your friends and, and uh, mm. doing the room that way. Amazing one. So what did um so once you you put the plays on um did when did you start writing your first first film so your first whether was it a short you started off with or was it um have you done yeah so so I basically in you know in September October twenty eighteen um I decided to, what had I done by that stage oh my god you're putting me on the spot here I can't remember my <laughs> life um so I basically at some point. That was it. That was it. Right. I'm caught up now. So I, um, I'm at old age. I'm 33 now. Um, so I had starred in a short film called Confinement, which was about, um, it was me and a girl called Nicole Evans. Who yes. I know Nicole. Yeah. 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 Me and Nicole were, um, we were like, we, we woke up in a situation where we're handcuffed to two white chairs and we're all dressed in white and I don't really know why I'm there. And it was yeah. really great. And we filmed it in across, I think, two days in Media City. And it was with a bunch of future work students. Um, and some of which are now some of my best friends. I'm actually drinking with one of them on Saturday. Um, I'll name drop him Sean. Yeah, he's a Man United fan. But apart from that, he's a good lad. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we um, so I started in that. And that's I, I started to get fascinated by it. I realised that my my love of film and acting and drama and theatre and everything, I, I loved it so much that there wasn't one aspect of this that I didn't have an interest in. Yeah. It was like if there was a, a leaf I could pick up, that's, a, that's not a phrase, if turn over a new leaf, pick a page. But I'm, trying to speak <laughs> I'm trying to speak in cliches, I'm trodding, yeah. so I'm trodding over myself. But no, so if there was a little corner of the industry that I could get a little peek at, I yeah. wanted to know. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I've been a subscriber to... Um, Empire magazine for about 15 years mm. um, so I love reading about films and mm, processing yeah. everything um, so on the back of that I then decided that um, I would take a two-year TV and film production diploma at FutureWorks brilliant yeah so um, so I was going once twice a week in the evenings um, and learning all about cameras and shots and lighting and sound and, and edit and everything yeah um, so on the through that course I I started writing a few little tiny little showreel scenes and stuff for acting mates, just, just a dead easy setup with a camera and just, um, and getting down, down and dirty with actors. And it's just, yeah, it just kind of got me going a little bit of seeing things from the conception of idea right the way through to delivery. Yeah. Um, and they were only like two and a half minutes, but then in order to, to finalize your mark on that course, you had to come up with a short film. Of, I think it was somewhere between five and 10 minutes. So I'd done about, I want to say, seven, eight, maybe little short two, two minute, two and a half minute things for actors. But then I don't know where the idea for Last Stand came from, which was my war film. Um, but I basically, I wrote a version of this story set in the fields of Dunkirk in 19... Sugar, 1914? 
1940. Jesus, I was in the wrong yeah, war. It's wrong war. Yeah, I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, wow, that's good, isn't it? Yes, it was set in the right year. I have to have fact checked it. No, yeah, so it was 1940, Dunkirk, and I came up with this story around these two soldiers, and I, I wrote the the script, and I was really pleased with it, and I wanted to film it um, in summer 2019. Um, so I approached a DOP who'd worked with me on confinement, and I, I knew very well. Um, and I says, hey, should we, should we get this done? He fell in love with the idea and fell in love with the script, but thought we could do this better. So if, can we park this for a little bit? Let's film something else now and we'll film this later when it's better. And I was like, dude, I, I want the cameras to roll in like a month. Like I, I, I can't, I've not got any other ideas. <laughs> So I basically went away and I came up with this stupid idea like in a couple of days and wrote a new short film and we were in front of cameras in like three, four weeks after that. We had a, a 10 minute short film, cast Brilliant. of eight, I think it was. Um, and that was, that, was, that was really quirky. It was basically based on um, a guy uh, is on the way to propose to his girlfriend um, on, to, on the way to a picnic and he's got a basket in his hand. I'm not going to give you too many spoilers, but yeah. <laughs> He's got a basket in his hand on the way to propose. He, he's checking out um, a girl who's running past and then uh, she drops her keys. As a result, he picks up the keys, legs it and knocks himself out on a tree and then goes to this weird dreamscape place and things take right. a turn. Um, so I filmed that. But then Last Stand did actually get in front of the cameras uh, last year during the pandemic. So that was good. <laughs> pandemic time. <laughs> Did uh, it's mad the uh, that that pandemic as well? Because it sounded like leading up to that, it was great that you were doing you were involved in them projects. Did you find um, because you did uh, I loved the scene you did on Gentleman Jack. Um, mm. I watched and watched that series, and I loved the the costume and everything about it. Um, mm. but so when you you did that, that obviously that was that was uh, pre pandemic. Did you? Uh, what was the other one I was going to ask you about as well? Because you did um. Do, 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 was it last tango in Halifax as well? Were they were they pre was that pre-pandemic as well? Did you find that things were happening a lot yeah. before then? Yeah. Well, I basically like people always say, Oh, you had a you had a great like people were saying to me last year, you had a great year last year, didn't you? Meaning 2019. And I was like, Yeah, I did. I absolutely did. Mm. But all of my four 2019 TV credits happened in a six-week period. <laughs> wow, really? I literally, like, there was one week where I think I was, I remember I was in my trailer at, was it the other one? Or was it, or was it Brassic? I can't remember. I, I was in my trailer for one of them, and I remember I, I had barely any lines. So I was learning my lines for Hollyoaks, like, in the trailer, because I knew I was on Hollyoaks, like, the day after the next day. Um, so it literally, it, yeah, that was all autumn 2019 i think it was between september and november i think i got all yeah. of those yeah that's it but it looks obviously but it's still i mean it's still fantastic that you got them all around the same time but yeah it's mm. was you um and it's everyone was different when the pandemic hit uh mm. like in 2020 did you find it any did you did you was you able to continue yourself by doing you know, it affected a lot of people where people were just mm. you know didn't do anything and lost a bit of hope etc but i noticed that you were doing things or you were still trying to keep yourself active what type of things did you do um acting wise or writing wise to, to keep yourself going during that time well i i always it's always difficult to talk about the pandemic because mm. look I, I know that it affected everyone in completely different ways mm. and and i've 
I've always found myself, I mean, look, I wouldn't have got through as many years as a lawyer than I did if I didn't work quite strongly on a bit of a glass half full mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah. I do always try and take the positive approach in things. And, and yeah. during the pandemic, I was like, I mean, this is affecting absolutely everyone here. There's not one person in the world practically that this isn't affecting. Yeah. So it's, there's no point kind of sitting and moaning and, and going woe is me about it because yeah. you can guarantee there's a thousand people in a mile radius of you who are suffering worse. Exactly. So, so climb off your little pity party and just kind of get on with it. Yeah. So, so I basically, I would get up most days and I got into a really good structure with it. I would get up and almost do a full working day like I would do as a lawyer, but at my desk. So I'd get up and do a bit of exercise, have some breakfast, and then I would be at my desk. Um, and I, I basically spent the first few months of the um, pandemic uh, reaching out to, well, I came up with a, a database on Excel of all casting directors, associates, assistants, yeah. all their offices, all their email addresses, things they've worked on, whether I've met them, whether I've not, all this. Yeah. Um, and then... <clears throat> Uh, I was also, because me and a, a good friend of mine, we started to go to a lot of casting workshops. Um, and people have got different views on casting workshops. For me, I'm a huge advocate of them because yeah, me too. I just think, again, you can go to an acting class for four weeks and, and, and obviously it can help you train, it can help you network, it can help. So that can have its benefits for certain people. But casting workshops for me will, I mean, if you're going to act in front of anyone, it, why not let it be someone who can potentially, if everything, if all the planets align, <laughs> they could just get you in a room or get you in a job. So, um, so I met a lot of them because um, the good thing was the whole industry was struggling for stuff to do. So I met about, uh, I think it was between, I think my final number was about 40 to 45 casting directors in the pandemic um, over Zoom and then following up on email and everything. So and then I watched largely for the entire pandemic. I watched one film every night, pretty much. Yeah, I yeah. think I watched. I think I watched 157 films between 23rd of March and New Year's Eve. Just, just, um, a, just 157. <laughs> That's brilliant. It was almost. It was almost one a night, but not quite. I think it was one, one every couple of nights. But <laughs> awesome. Um, so I just stayed. I stayed productive, and I, I, I did. I made what I considered to be the best of a horrific situation. Brilliant. Oh, that's awesome, man. And um, since, as everything's, said, I mean, obviously the way the world's still to an extent going, but we're, we're, as we're, we've been coming out of things, um, I've seen you've been getting yourself involved 2021 in, in a lot of projects. Um, what, what's, because uh, in TV-wise, I know you were filming on Coronation Street lately, which is fantastic, especially as a Mancunian as well, to be on. Uh, I finally home- got that. I finally scrapped that itch. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, what am I... What am I doing wrong? I've lived here all my life. Everyone I know has been in this show. What can I do? Yeah, I was I was glad to kind of that was something I had to go through. I felt like it was a rite of passage. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I loved I loved your seeing your post. It was great. I just love I love seeing that. Um, mm. So that um, that's been that's been really that's that's been a cool thing that's happened. What are you involved in at the moment, uh, writing wise, and what projects are you are you working on at the moment? You you did uh, noir the theatre. Um, mm-hmm. So the 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 theatre where they've um, filmed film, it as well, stage, which yeah. is out now, yeah. So that looks that looks really cool as well. What type, what kind of projects have you been involved in? What's coming out for you this year that that you know of so far? Well, I've got, I mean, quite a lot. Luckily, I've, I've basically it's almost like I, I've I've woken up. It's like I come out of hibernation. I think the whole world has. Yeah. Um. But I've been absolutely relentless 
over the last few months. I've, I've basically not stopped since uh, 28th of March, I think. Um, so we're now, what, April, two and a bit months, <clears throat> I've been nonstop. I've been working on different projects every week. Yeah. Um, I'm knackered. <laughs> um, but it's the, the thing is, what I've done is, is that I, I work very, 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 very hard. And so any single thing that I see anywhere on social media or anything that fits my brief whatsoever, I will ping an email. It will be a personalized email. It will be, it won't be sent to all. I'll have engaged with the project. I'll engage with why I think it's suitable for me. I'll highlight which credits I think are are suitable for that project, which, which maybe put me in the shop window more than some others. Um, And then see what happens. And I'll click send and I'll move on and I'll, I'll, I'll see what happens. And for whatever reason, not only have I been managing to almost get every part I've gone up for on a personal basis over the last few months, but the dates have seemed to just all slot <laughs> together. <laughs> so, so I've managed to actually have this blissful period where although I'm exhausted, I've literally like, I've not managed, I've not had to really pull out of anything. I've managed to Brilliant. do everything that I've set my mind to over the last two and a bit months, which is great. Yeah, um, I did have to. I must admit, I, I was on the lead in a short film in Liverpool, which I'm loving, like loving. I've got, I've got the last day of filming on Sunday, and it's the it's the biggest culmination scene of the whole thing, and it's the fifth <laughs> day of filming. I can't wait. Um, but it's but we were meant to finish it last weekend, and when I got tickets to the Champions League final to oh. go and see my team, Man City. <laughs> lose <laughs> um but um so they actually luckily the whole the whole crew were uh, football fans and the director was a man city fan one of the directors yeah so i went to them cap in hand and says oh, guys, <laughs> you know how you've arranged locations co-stars crew uh, everything around my availability uh, is there any chance you could rearrange two days <laughs> And bless them, they absolutely rearranged the whole production around me going to Porto. Um, <laughs> and then, and then we lost, but we won't, we won't, we won't dwell on that. <laughs> uh, yeah, listen, as an Evertonian, I can only dream about even getting there. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, not, not to go off topic. I could chat all day, but I mean, I, my heart is with you guys at losing Ancelotti on such a oh, It was devastating. I, I was really gutted. Wants to see the new stadium, does he? Well, right, yeah, okay. yeah, that much. Yeah, he was off. <laughs> Oh god, yeah. I could talk about that all day. Um, but yeah, so but yeah, no, that's awesome. That's great. But I think um I was gonna say to you as well, what in terms of like you can only really say as you said that what works for you and but you've the proof is already in what you've just said. You graft hard, you work hard, and mm. what comes from it is from the way you you know, the fruits of your labor is what you it's what you've put mm. in, which I think is amazing and it's a really good it just shows that's what you've got to do and you know, to, mm. to be an actor and to and to get where you want to be. Um going forward um what have you got any um sort of ideas for, have you got any sort of whether it be a film or um any anything that you're either writing at the moment or is there anything you'd love to be working on um in, yeah so, I, so i've so i've got um there's i'm i'm never happy unless i'm working on a load of things at once like i, I think it comes from when i was when I was a lawyer, I used to have at any one time, I had 120 of my own cases mm-hmm. rumbling at exactly the same time. And mm-hmm. so I'm used to kind of juggling a lot of things. So I kind of like it when my plate's very busy. Yeah. Um, 
so what alongside all my acting gigs or short films and things and then a couple of tv gigs I'm, i will always be have things that i'm working on my own little projects in the background yeah so in um in i realized through the course of my filmmaking diploma that ironically there's a hell of a lot of aspects of filmmaking filmmaking that i don't like mm. that i don't enjoy that i don't they're not my natural vibe so i am not with the technology I'm, I, I would be happy if I don't touch a camera. It doesn't bother me. Like I just, <laughs> I'd be happy if I don't edit again. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. but I love conceiving an idea, writing, directing, producing, logistically bringing teams together and, and making things happen. I adore. And I love dealing with actors obviously as well. Um, so what I, so I did a couple, I did plenty of things where I was holding the camera, but I, I want to kind of step away from that little bit. And I want to keep working with, really hot DOPs yeah. and, and soundies and VFX and really good people that I can be the linchpin that, that, that makes the team work, yeah. but I'm not the one pressing the buttons. Um, so I watched the, I watched the crown uh, series four in um, like October, November. Mm-hmm. And so my first ever TV audition ever was for the crown series two, two. Oh, wow. Well, okay. Um, and it was for a line on series two and I didn't get it. And it was fine. I didn't get it. I was new. And then I got invited to audition for series three as well for a, for a four scene role. And I didn't get that. And I was like, oh, come on. Didn't get an audition for series four. That's fine. But I was like, there's something about the crown and me that is not going away. Yeah. So I watched the crown series four and I decided, right, I'm going to write a scene based on the crown um, and I'm going to get it filmed and made. So we, we wrote it and I got a crew together in December, got a location in Nutsford and we filmed that. So I even got my DOP to watch one of my favorite episodes of The Crown called Aberfan Series 3, Episode 3 um, to get the shot list built and the design of, of the shots and everything and built the scene around it looking as much like The Crown as possible. Yeah. So I did that in December. Then in early this year, I um, randomly watched Marriage Story, Revolutionary Road, and the notebook the notebook i am late to the party i'm about 15 years after it's released <laughs> never watched it so all of a sudden i was like oh hang on i'll like i'll write something like romantic and angsty and dramatic yeah. so i wrote something called time and time again and we shot that up a hill in macclesfield at the end of march i've just been with my editor today um talking about the final mix on that i've got my soundy to speak to i think tomorrow so that's there and then the next thing that I'm hoping to get done at the moment is I watched in 2021 the whole of series one to six of Line of Duty. And I've written 11 pages so far of essentially what's going to be a Line of Duty episode, but in 15 to 20 minutes. That's Mm -hmm. my, that's my, that's my goal. Mm -hmm. The, The annoying thing is I've got two scenes left to do and it's the culmination of the whole story. And I've had to just go back to the drawing board on it because I've had I've got pieces of paper going like, right. So so he was he did the crime then, and he met him then. So then, but this witness doing this, and he's this age. But so no, he would be too old to be his son. And then this, and and seriously, if anyone pulls apart Jed Mercurio, I just I I I can't stand it. You know what? He's given you six years of flipping top class drama that's kept you on the edge of your seat. Never underestimate how. Flipping difficult this is. <laughs> I, I can't even get 15 minutes to make sense. So, um, so yeah, so that's, so I'm hoping to, to do that. Maybe 
I want to say July. I'll have to speak to my DOP. I've already got him, him locked in. Um, and then I've got another short that I've had rumbling through my head for about two, three years. I've done a location recce on it. I've got most of the script written and we're hoping to shoot that in Warrington in the autumn. Amazing. Amazing. Oh, yeah. That's great. I love the way you're on the ground constantly. And, and uh, I, 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 I don't have one day of the week when I don't, I don't do something work related. Good. That's amazing, man. That's amazing. Mm. So, and I think, um, yeah, again, it's inspiring to, to, to do that. And it just shows you what it takes. You've, you've got to, you've got to graph so hard and you've got to do that. Um, have you got anything um, that you'd like to sort of promote at the moment? Um, well, I think I, I think the main thing at the minute is that Noir is is on sale, and and the, like so, it's with a company called Vertigo Theatre Productions, mm-hmm. and um, they actually approached me in about I want to say late November, early December, um, and they, they needed someone to fill this this role of Cliff Smart. I'm the the rotten husband of the lead actress, um, <laughs> Veronica Smart. And it's like this, it's it's set in the 1940s America. It's very kind of, well, it's called noir. It's very film noir, yeah. very, very 40s American style. It's a bit of a detective mystery, bit of sex and murder and intrigue and all that, you know, all that you'd expect from a black and white film. And it's, yeah. um, and th- it was an unbelievable week in, in January. Like we, we all bubbled up and we all had COVID tests and like kept safe. And we literally just practically lived in a warehouse for a week only met each other and filmed this entire play in a warehouse on like it was just I still can't believe we kind of pulled it off really because he's and 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 Craig and uh Craig and Carl the two guys who run Vertigo have spent months editing this that like we're in whatsapp groups and they're talking about the amount of days they have been staring at (laughs) in my mug and all this trying to get this trying to get it all to make sense so so yeah, I mean, there's there's uh, there's links on my Instagram and stuff to Vertigo Theatre Productions. Cool. You can buy a Blu-ray, you can rent it online. Um, and I think it's just the amount of effort that's gone into it just to get a bit of a get a bit of a viewership on it would be great. Fantastic, fantastic. Um, but apart from that, I'm I'm always doing stuff, bits and bobs. Mm-hmm. Just give me a watch, and I'm happy to work with you. <laughs> come at me <laughs> top man top man oh man it's, listen i could talk to you all day about this and stuff but uh i appreciate your time and thanks for the thanks for uh for chatting to me and listen uh said you you work your hard you work your hard <laughs> you work so hard you work your off um yeah yeah uh, to, to, and best of luck to you best of luck with your projects and uh, with your career going forward and um cool and i'm sure mate to you to your upward traje- trajectory and uh plenty still to do mate plenty still to do but yeah it's exciting future but um take care of yourself and i'll speak to you soon man cheers mate thank you very much bye